Walks Connecting. London Walks here with your daily London fix. Story time, history time. December 2nd. Two ways of introducing this one. The obvious way is to say, let's do one that's not in the books. One that's not a headline act. Doesn't have its name up on the marquee. One you haven't heard of, but is awfully likable all the same. Put this in floral show terms. There's no way this one is a proud, overbearing, look-at-me, prize-winning orchid. Or some great, lowering, giant beast of a plant. No, it's a humble little daisy. Daisy. I like that word a lot. Originally, it was the day's eye. Great name. Day's eye. By one of those drawn-out evolutionary processes of linguistic transformation, it got shortened to daisy. So today's December 2nd's offering is a pretty much overlooked, humble, but very sweet little daisy. But I said there were two ways of introducing this one. Here's the second way. I've now done a whole lot of these Today in London History podcasts. 341 days to be exact. Almost the whole year. And you know something? I'm beginning to see the days of the year the way the principal of a small country school, a school with 365 pupils, sees his students. Okay, 366 pupils. But one of them is absent so often, he's only in school about 25% of the time. But yes, the school principal, at morning assembly, looking out across his student body, 365 days that are 365 pupils. And each of those days, each of those pupils, they've all got their own character. But groups of them also have things in common. Some of them are bright and well-scrubbed and eager to please and fun to teach. You know, they're honor students. Others are sullen and reprobate and frankly not very nice. Their trouble. The September 2nd kid, for example. He likes to set trees on fire. When he grows up, he's going to have a career as an arsonist. But his December 2nd classmate, lovely kid, nicest kid you'll ever meet. So let's meet her. Bright, shiny face. No side to her at all. Always willing to help out. So likable. She's nothing but good news. If it were planting time and she was sowing a field, she'd be sowing it with feel-good. It's catching. You get to December 2nd, you feel good. And no wonder. December 2nd, 1697, was the day of the first service in Wren's new cathedral. In our St. Paul's, in other words. We can go back further. 
On December 2nd, 1431, the monks at Charterhouse got permission to draw water by pipes from a spring up in Islington. Fast forward to December 2nd, 1889. How about this diary entry from Arthur Sullivan? First band rehearsal. All the music of the new opera at the Prince's Hall. Very few airs. Beautiful effect. Home to dinner. After dinner, wrote, arranged, and scored the overture. Finishing at 3 a.m. Gilbert came down after rehearsal at Savoy at 11.15. Finally settled title. The Gondoliers or the King of Barataria. Good title, I think. And speaking of music, the principal concert hall in London for many years, the Queen's Hall in Langham Place, got going just four years later, on December 2nd, 1893. What's not to like about the Queen's Hall's debut? They put on a children's party in the afternoon, and then their first ever concert that night. And December 2nd was strewing its daisies in 1918. December 2nd, 1918 was a general election. Some general election. It was the first time women got to vote. The women had to be over 30, but hey, it was a start. Yes, good things happen on December 2nd. And all of that is our overture. We're going to December 2nd, 1954, to Mallet Street in Bloomsbury. Know it well. I did my PhD there at University College London. Anyway, on December 2nd, 1954, the Queen Mother opened the new private theater of the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, the Van Brugh Theater, the first completely new theater to be built in London since the war. It replaced the one destroyed by bombing 13 years previously. So it was a perfect instance of London coming back, renewing itself, a phoenix moment, a kind of thing London does so well, and does again and again. I'm thinking now of the Van Brugh's being rebuilt, and renamed in 2007. Today, it's the Gerwood Van Brugh Theatre. And for anyone who hasn't heard of RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, it's Britain's preeminent drama school. Its alumni list reads like a roll call of the famous. Sir John Gielgud, Richard Attenborough, Glenda Jackson, Anthony Hopkins, Jonathan Price, Juliet Stevenson, Alan Rickman, Kenneth Branagh, and Primus Inter Pares, London Walks Guide, Sean Seymour. The list goes on and on. Anyway, opening the Van Brugh, the Queen Mother said, It gives me great pleasure to see the conclusion of an enterprise in which I have taken a deep interest since I laid the foundation stone two years ago. Its purpose is to train students for the stage 
and I can imagine no greater stimulus for their careers than this charming theater. It will serve both as a symbol of the dignity of their profession and as a challenge to those who use it to strive for the highest standards of dramatic art. And then it was time to watch the show. Her Majesty, naturally, sat front and center in the front row of the circle. She and her fellow audience members were treated to a program of excerpts from plays by dramatists ranging from Euripides to Christopher Fry, performed, of course, by the students of the Academy. It had the twofold aim of tracing drama through the ages and exhibiting to the full the resources of the theater. Again, what's not to like about this daisy? And for a finale, 160 of the guests were invited to a stage party. Glass of champagne in hand, you may be sure. The Queen Mother talked animatedly to the stars of a dozen West End shows who had hurried in after their performances. Nearly all of them had been Rada students. It was a London theatrical event through and through. The party didn't break up until after midnight. Waiting outside, the students gave Her Majesty a hearty send-off. And no question, but you know what's coming for the Today in London recommendation. That's right. Become a member at the Jerwood Van Brugh and go to some shows there. You'll love the intimacy of the theater. You'll love the blazing talent on display to say nothing of the ticket prices and the theater's central London location. I have fond memories of going to see the Van Brugh to see Kenneth Branagh before he became Kenneth Branagh, so to speak. In other words, a year out of drama school, he was a major West End star, and going to see him in a West End show seriously dented the pocketbook. At the Van Brugh, well, it was a star-is-born moment. We were seeing the next great star of the English theater put the finishing touches on his skill set. Seeing him for pin money. The tickets were that cheap, and they still are. Along with a London walk, a performance at the Jerwood Van Brugh is one of the great London bargains. You've been listening to the Today in London History podcast, emanating from www.walks.com, home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local, time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just the right size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award-winning walking tour company, indeed, London's only award-winning walking tour company. And here's the secret. London Walks is essentially run as a guides cooperative. That's the key to everything. It's the reason we're able to attract and keep the best guides in London. You can get schlubbers to do this for 20 pounds a walk, but you cannot get world-class guides, let alone accomplished professionals. It's not rocket science. You get what you pay for. And just as surely, you also get what you don't pay for. Back in 1968, when we got started, 
we quickly came to a fork in the road. We had to answer a searching question. Do we want to make the most money, or do we want to be the best walking tour company in the world? You want to make the most money, you go the schlubber's route. You want to be the best walking tour company in the world, you do whatever you have to do to attract and keep the best guides in London. You want them guiding for you, not for somebody else. Bears repeating, the way we're structured, a guides cooperative, is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason people who know go with London Walks. It's the reason we've got a large following, a lively, loyal, discerning following. Quality attracts quality. It's the reason we're able, uniquely, to front our walks with accomplished, in many cases, distinguished professionals. Barristers, doctors, geologists, museum curators, archaeologists, historians, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, a bevy of MVPs, Oscar winners, people who've won the Guide of the Year Award. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament, every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar, and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London walks. See you tomorrow.